there was some uh somebody is like trying to get some reviews and some work going and like establish a bit of like a reputation for computer repairs so i found them and messaged them on uh, facebook took it saturday at like 9 30 had it back by five o'clock and now my video works didn't cost me a cent which is the best part well it's great exposure you're part of the problem. yeah exactly it's like when i uh when any of my cousins get married or anything they're like oh you you should bring your dj equipment yeah okay yeah i should invoice you for about a thousand bucks Welcome to episode 94, the Ryan Smith, the Captain Canada edition of Off the Rush. Thanks for getting this review. You got us from without the Spotify or Apple. Alan's computer was fixed for about one minute. He is gone. We can't see him, but it was nice to see him when we could. Alan, how are you doing in Wellington, Ontario? Well, hey, you couldn't even see me if you were here because the smoke and whatnot from the fires has been insane. So it just means I get to stay inside and watch baseball and hockey when it's on. And it's amazing. How orange is it there right now? See, we're used to this on the West Coast. Like, like right right now, it's it's okay because it's died down for the day, but it's going to get bad again tomorrow and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, it was bad. Like, you walked out and it looked like you were in an apocalypse now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we've, we've had this, like, the last, I'd say, four summers at least. Uh, it doesn't make it – doesn't make it uh, – any less terrible but yeah i'm really sorry that y'all are going through that um and and you wake up in the morning and like the first time you're like oh it smells like campfire like this is this is i could deal with this and then the next day when it happens it smells like a legion from the 1990s yeah it really does and it, it it's even i don't even know if it's psychosomatic or whatever but for me i just start blowing my nose constantly like every 10 seconds like it's terrible um hopefully still sunny victoria Dave Hoskin, or do you are you smoky too? No, we're not smoky at all, man. It's it's been fantastic weather. Uh, I know that there's some fires up in uh, Port Alberni right now, and there's like no access in or out, uh, so that's kind of wild up there. But down here, we're like living the dream. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah, same. It was a little bit smoky yesterday morning, but by the time I teed off for my afternoon golf game. Uh, everything was a-okay. Um, speaking of things that are a-okay or maybe not a-okay at all in Toronto, Kyle Dubas is out. Brad for Living is in. Shane Doan is the new, um, is it is he like the George Costanza job, Alan, assistant to the traveling secretary, or is he assistant to the regional manager, Ala Dwight Schrute? I think he is the our last-ditch effort to try and get Austin Matthews here past this year because like Shane Doan is his idol and his hero from the yeah thing. like they they've been showing like the tweets and whatnot and when Doan retired or they retired his number or whatever Matthews tweeted something about like he's his idol because he grew up in Arizona or Phoenix Arizona they all blend together now um whatever they're calling them these days um and so it's like his boyhood dream to like play with Shane Doan can't do it. What's the next best thing? Have him be part of your team. Now, see, this is interesting, and that's an angle that I didn't even consider because Dubas and Matthews were super tight. They were really good friends. So 
you're just moving in like a friendly face for another friendly face. Dave, does the Shane Doan thing even matter or is Austin Matthews as good as gone? Assuming somehow come hell or high water, the Coyotes are still in Arizona in a couple of years. Uh, I think like, I don't know. True living has a really great reputation, you know, around the league. And he may every once in a while get a coach in there that, that doesn't jive with the players, but, but tree living seems to really, uh, um, you know, he's really well respected. So I think that the relationship building and what he was talking about, like I heard the press conference and how he was talking about uh, Austin Matthews. And he said, the number one thing is like building a relationship with the guy. So actually bringing in Shane Doan, I didn't put those, didn't connect the dots there about, about Matthews idol uh, childhood idol, but like, that's a pretty savvy move. I, I I don't think Matthews is as good as gone. I I think there's a really solid chance Matthews stays. I and I I really think Matthews going to Arizona is like not going to happen. I, I just I don't see that happening in the slightest because Arizona is such a train wreck. Yeah, I don't. They don't, they don't even have an arena to play in. Yeah, I mean they're they're two steps away from having to rent ice at like Planet Ice and Delta to play their games. Like it's getting pretty bad. Did you, by the way, did you guys happen to catch the 32 thoughts with the uh, that guy who wants to be the owner of the Utah, uh, not uh, uh, of Salt Lake, Salt Lake City? City? Did you catch yeah, that he, uh, 32 thoughts? It was amazing. Real good interview. And that guy is super smart. Like he's in the professional owners. He's he owns. Does he not own the Utah Jazz or something? Yeah, he does. Yeah. And, and he's, he, and he's like, young. He's like in his early 40s and he's so relatable. And I was like, oh, my God, like this guy, like I get the hype. I get why when they're talking about him being an owner that we've never seen before. I get it. And if like I encourage people to go back, if you're like, I didn't think it would be that interesting. It was incredibly interesting to hear the guy talk. The NHL needs more of these types of owners like, you know, basketball. They've got your Mark Cubans, but you need your celebrity owners like you need it. Yeah, I think it'd be a great boon. And I think Utah is a good market for the NHL. Salt Lake City um, could work. Like, you know, it's not like way down south. Uh, the 2002 Olympics saw some of the best hockey that we've ever seen. Like, it makes it makes sense. Um, yeah, no, Matthews isn't going to Arizona. I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up at LA King or something like that. I could see that. Um, although I think if he left Toronto, his best buddy, the Beebs, would drop him like a bad habit. Uh, speaking of things that have left Toronto and landed on their feet just fine, Mike Babcock is back in the NHL. Love to get your thoughts on this, you guys. Uh, Mike Babcock signs on to be the new head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are just all over the news this week. They also made a big trade picking up Ivan Provorov, going to the Flyers, was the number 22 overall pick in the draft. The LA Kings 2024 20, second round pick, a second round pick in 24 or 25. Cal Peterson, Sean Walker uh, end up going to Philadelphia. The Kings retain 30% of Provorov's salary. Kevin Connaughton, good Vancouver Giants boy, uh, and Hayden Hodgson. Just a hodgepodge of assets flying over the place. But let's start with Babcock. Uh, Dave, what is the ownership group in Columbus thinking? Do they think that they're close? Because I don't think they're close. The only reason you would bring in a guy like Babcock is if you thought you were ready to win. Yeah, it's super interesting, hey? He's coming out of very lucrative purgatory, right? <laughs> like, he's, like, like he's, 
you know, and it, it, his contract's up soon. He's not officially signed, right? Because they can't sign him until his contract with Toronto expires. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, everything is pointing in the direction that he's going to be the next head coach of Columbus. Um, it's interesting. You know, I, I mean, we all loved Babcock. You know, when he took Anaheim to the finals, you know, he was a star. And then he took the 2010 Olympic team for Canada and they won gold medal. And we loved the guy. So, like, did his philosophies on coaching not really jive with, like, the new age, not just NHL, but society? Uh, Probably not, but he's probably had some years to reflect on that. So, like, should we be that? I don't know. Like, like we should, we like to give second chances. So, I'm interested to see how he does. And the NHL has given far worse people far more than just second chances. That's very true. Tony so, <laughs> so uh, like I like it. I think it's it's smart by them because if you look at Babcock in the markets where like they aren't front and center in the headlines, like the Toronto Maple Leafs are, he did okay. And Anaheim, where he could just kind of like focus on hockey and not have to worry about anything else. And Columbus, it's going to be the same. Um, I think it's a good hire for them. And I look at a team like Columbus and. I could see a very strong personality being a really good thing for that team. Like being in the rebuild that they are right now, if Babcock comes in, learns, having learned a couple of hard lessons uh, over, you know, from the last couple of years, I could see him being really beneficial to that team who is getting ready to turn the corner. You know, like they have so many young assets uh, and so many draft picks this year. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, maybe Babcock's the right guy for them. I mean, maybe I would have liked to have seen Mike Babcock sit out a little bit longer, maybe a couple of years without getting paid. Um, but yeah, you know, it's an interesting hire. I do think that the Blue Jackets think that they're a lot closer than I do. Um, Ivan Provorov's stats last year were kind of Tyler Myersy a little bit. And it's who had who had good stats on Philadelphia though? Yeah, that's true. Fair point. But it was interesting, like Thomas Durant's like you know, who's a Vancouver media pundit and personality was applauding this move uh, where, you know, reflecting on it for me, if the Canucks had made the same type of trade for the same player, he would have roasted them for it because well, he, all- he did. He did it with Hironic, right? Like, yeah, it's well, and Hironic's, I think, in my opinion, is a better player than Provorov. Um so yeah, it's interesting how he picks and chooses when to to you know bombasticize people for making moves. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get it. I think Daniel Briere lost in all the shuffle and all this is the one who came out re- looking really good here. You know, he's it's his first move as the official GM with the interim tag off, uh, and he moves a guy who's expensive, uh, who underperformed last year, and he gets uh, he gets first round picks uh, in return. Uh, and a conditional second round pick, which is, I think, just, you know, hats off to little Danny Breer. Uh, nice work for him. Um, so, yeah, Columbus, like, Alan, like, what do you expect from them next year? I know they've got Goudreau. They've got Patrick Laine. Now they're adding Provorov to the mix. They've got a pretty good top four on, on defense. I mean, this is a team that doesn't it feel like to you they could finish, like, in the top five in the conference or in, or dead last? Like, there's just no way to, to call it. Ask me again in three weeks after the draft because they've got a lot of capital that they can do some damage with, and I think they're going to get some guys who can step right in, and they're going to play some minutes for them. 
Um, their defense is good. I I want to see what they do with a goaltender because I don't think they're done there yet. Like yeah. I just I feel like they're not going to ride with that this year. Elvis Elvis will leave the building or will play less in the building. Yeah, I think so. I just feel like there's not a whole ton of confidence in him as a starter. No, Merlesy, like he's entertaining to watch. He's one of the most athletic um, and dynamic goalies in the league. But yeah, like he's not making enough saves for sure. But he's the kind of guy that I'm like, if he played on a team with a better system, he would be. Well, and, and you know what? Maybe Babcock brings that system in because, you know, there were some teams in Anaheim that weren't great, but they made uh, John Sebastian Giguere look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, the Leafs now are starting to make noise about getting into um, the goalie market, that they might sell high on Samsonov and pick someone else up. Uh, They're insane if they go out and get a goalie because they've got in-house Joseph Wall, who's a starter at $800,000, and you're not going to find a better bargain than that. Yeah. Dave, do you think that Trell Living should make his first move in the crease? Because I kind of with Alan that I think that the answer is Joseph Wall. Um, and not even necessarily Samsonov or Matt Murray. I, I think his first move is to relieve cap space. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I just, I don't know how Toronto is going to continue down this path with the core four being all forwards and so much money tied up there. I mean, do you sell high on Nylander? Yeah. You know, like, like that's where I would be looking right now, especially if you think that you're going to be able to lock up Matthews. And if you can't lock up Matthews, you're trading him for a, you're, you're making a big trade with, with Austin Matthews. And you're going to, you're going to bring back a, a huge haul and he's not going to let Matthews walk. It's not going to be a Johnny Goudreau situation all over again. That or Johnny, won't, or Johnny won't pajamas, happen. Or Johnny pajamas. Or yeah, that's not happening. You know uh, what? They're gonna they're gonna sign him for a max contract in length, but it's gonna be like a million dollars a year. And then Brad's gonna call, call up his old man Jim and be like, "Hey, can we get like two hundred million dollars in, in endorsements for Austin?" <laughs> be but actually, sorry, boys. As I say this, Austin Matthews has a no movement clause that kicks in. I think it's July first. Yeah, July first, and that is when they can resign him. And that's when they can resign him. So like. Uh, oh man like that's like and see this is what's lost uh, in all of this dubious praising is that like these contracts are handcuffing the toronto maple leafs at the most pivotal moment of uh of this franchise really like you've never had a player like austin matthews in toronto and they got to make a decision on him in like three weeks yeah like there's going to be a lot of people knocking saying hey like can we start this at the draft i'm having like a panic attack and I'm like Kyle Dubas, <laughs> like I'm wearing like a dress shirt and I got my hard rooms on and I'm like, I'm in his seat right now. And I'm like, oof. Um, I might be wrong on this too, but I think that William Nylander has one July 1st too. Uh, that one, I don't know. The Dubas thing I forgot about completely. And holy shit, they got to make a decision on him in three weeks. And like, yeah, teams are going to call. Like, of course they're going to call. Um, the Chicago so- Blackhawks might even call. Nylander, by the way, has a 10-team has no-trade list kicking in. Could you imagine if the Leafs made a swing for Bedard with Matthews? Do you think They're that, not. Let no. me ask you guys this. Is there a conversation that could be had there? Is Bedard, could they? Could the Leafs manage to get in there? Is like Would Chicago even listen? Would they do it? <sighs> Chicago no, would listen 100%. But, you would, but they would need, they would need to be totally assured that 
Austin Matthews would sign with them. And how does that happen? Well, they they could do a sign and trade, but like also here, think of this. It's not as ridiculous as it sounds like Austin Matthews scored 60 goals, like the year before last, you know, that's incredible. Connor Bedard, he might be better than Austin Matthews. He very well could be. He could be as good as McDavid or close to. Your first line there. Yeah, Yeah. your first line. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. He also could be Alexander Day. but (laughs) Or Brian Lawton. Or Brian Lawton. But Austin Matthews, we know what he is. And he's only, what, like 25, 24? We know exactly what he is. Yeah, like he's consistently scoring 40 goals. He's put up a 60-goal season. Like you don't find those guys every day. And he's 25 years old, and he's going to do this for the next 10 years probably. So, like, I don't know. I think that that would be interesting. And what a what a coup that would be. Talk about endearing yourself to the Toronto market in trading Austin Matthews for Connor Bedard. I think the fans would be okay with it. I think the fans would support it. No um, way they would. They would burn Brad Living's office to the ground. No, I don't think what? so. No way. I would, I would make that trade. No way. I'm not trading Austin Matthews for Connor Bedard. You don't see, I thought in reverse that it would be Chicago that wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. No, no you getting a bona fide superstar if you're Chicago. In Toronto, what? you're getting a maybe. What you're happens if why would, why would Chicago do this? Like this is this is it would make sense for Toronto. You'd have a kid coming in, you'd free up a whole bunch of cap space to be able to rework your blue line and stuff for a couple of years. Bedard would be on a on an entry-level contract, but why would it make any sense for Chicago? You'd get you'd drop in a superstar who plays with like Anthony Sioux. <laughs> and that's like all you have. Like it makes no sense for Chicago from a from a team building standpoint. It it does in that he's 25 years old. That's the difference. Like he's he's still young and you can build around him and there's time to build around him. Um, and you might be able to do it quickly. Like with Austin Matthews there, you're going to attract more higher profile free agents. Uh, it puts the, the team in a new era. They'd throw crazy marketing behind him in the States. He'd be like the Michael Jordan of hockey. If he went to Chicago, Austin Matthews, who's already famous because he plays in Toronto. If he played in a major American market, being an American born player, he's yeah, he's the face of the NHL tomorrow. If he's in Chicago, I, I think we've hit on something here. I don't think this is as ridiculous as it sounds. And I could see both sides, at least having a conversation between now and the draft about this. But if I was Bradtree living, I would do everything I can to make that happen. Because you got to make an impact. You got to say the Dubas era is over. It's the Boston pizza era in Toronto. Because his dad is Jim Trilliving, the founder of Boston Pizza. And I'm making it spicy chicken barbecue Connor Bedard time over Austin Matthews. That's what I'm doing. I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet this later. This is I'm you gonna should, you should go into the dragons den with that idea and see if they give you a deal or no deal. Oh, I think they'd be in. I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't take uh Kevin O'Leary's money though. He can kiss my ass. Um <laughs> moving on to the teams that are on the ice, the Stanley Cup finals. We got game three tonight. Vegas sweeps the opening two games. Uh game two quite handily. They put up a touchdown. Uh they chased Bobrovsky. Matthew Kachuk has been kicked out of both hockey games. Uh on a scale of one to ten, Dave, how over is this series? Uh ten being like super. Ten, ten over. being it's done. Like the cup's going to <laughs> Vegas. You can the parade's gonna be uh, right. I'm at like an eight. 
I'm, you guys I'm are crazy. Eight. You guys are crazy. How? Why are we crazy? Like, it, listen, the last time that a team came back to win from two down, oh, I man. believe was the Brad Marchant. No! Boston. <laughs> Boston Boons. Okay. But, but those games were tight. They weren't like... Seven two blowouts, like, yeah, like one nothing game. They're getting and then an overtime game. Yeah, like they like Florida's getting walked over, and they're trying all these shenanigans, and it's not working because Vegas, Vegas is not putting up with it. Like they don't care. Like they're just like, yeah, punch me in the face, whatever. We're gonna score five goals. Like it just, I don't know. I don't see Florida at all coming back in this series. Neither do I. You know, the odds, I, I looked it up, the odds are 11% when you lose the first two games of the series that you're going to come back and win. And They're the last- starting tonight. It's going to start tonight at Matthew Kachuk. I'll tell you why. First of all, Vegas is an atmosphere like no other in the NHL, right? They've got this wall of whatever they call it in the warm-ups where they've got, like, those go-go dancers. They've got Wayne Newton impersonators. They even had Wayne Newton himself. That was really Wayne Newton. That was really (laughs) He's in a constant state of smile because he's had so much work done. Um, And there's so much going on. Like, the Vegas flu is real. So they go in there, two games they're swept. First game, despite what you guys are saying, half of it was close, and then it got away from Florida. Second game, Florida comes out. They're running around like a bunch of animals, and I don't know what they're trying to do, but they're not trying to win that game. Game three, they're coming home. The fans are energized. Matthew Kachuk's going to have his head screwed on right because I'm pretty sure that big old Walt kind of had some words for him over the last two days. There's an extra travel day in here, too, that's going to benefit the uh, Florida Panthers a little bit, I think, because they can go back and Paul Maurice has got last change coming home. He's going to be able to get away. He's going to get Sasha Barkoff or Alexander Barkoff, whatever you want to call him. Cause I don't know what his first name really is. Despite what all my hockey cards say, um, he's going to get him away from that matchup. And that's what killed him is like, they just clobbered Barkoff. Didn't give him any space. They're coming home. The rats are coming out and Florida is getting themselves back in this series, baby. Alan, that was an amazing rant, and I loved every minute of it, but I also disagree with everything you just said. <laughs> I watch, mean, when it happens, when Florida wins tonight, you guys you, are going to be like, holy shit, he was right. You said their fans are going to be energized. As of an hour ago, there were still tickets available to this game on Ticketmaster. It's not even sold out, which is crazy. You can always, you can always get tickets on Ticketmaster because they include the resale market, too. Well, anyway. They double dip. They double dip. Their seats still available in Florida. Uh, Seven hundred bucks for a pair will get you in. Three hundred fifty bucks will get you into a Stanley Cup final game tonight. I'm wow. looking this up right now as <laughs> as you talk about this. Yeah, I'll find out. Three fifty. Is that true? I mean, I'd love to know because in Vancouver, could you imagine a Stanley Cup final ticket being only three hundred and fifty bucks on a resale market? Absolutely not. Like you might, if no you chance. got it legit, yeah, okay, they probably you probably could, but like, no, it'd be like seven, eight grand. Um. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't see it. Um, you know, Racco Gudis is banged up. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is he going to be able to rein uh, to rein it in? That's the key to tonight's game. Um, as of recording this, we're recording just before puck drop. The game's going to start in about twenty minutes. Uh, that's the big question for me. Can he control his emotions and get back to what he did in the Carolina series? Because in the Carolina series, he played between the between the lines. He walked it right to the line, but he didn't go over. 
in in the Vegas series so far, he doesn't even seem to have any idea where the line is. And it's been really hard to watch. Like, I don't know about you, Dave, but like I've become a big Matthew Kachuk fan through this whole run. And I was really disappointed in him in the first two games that he wasn't able to keep it in check. Uh, your thoughts? I enjoyed the first game when he was like stirring the pot and he had, I can't remember which Vegas player he had by the collar, but he's looking over the, the player's uh, shoulders, looking at the ref, looking at the ref, ref's not looking, punch to the face, looking over the shoulder, looking over the shoulder, looking over the shoulder, ref's not looking, punch in the face. I was amused by it. Right. But then it keeps on going, keeps on going. Lo and behold, the referees have televisions in their change room and they get to watch all this. So now they're looking for him and every tiny little thing that he's doing, like that's why they're getting on him. It's because he's he's being a jerk, like really like and and he's not playing between the whistles. He's playing after the whistle. Oh, sorry. He's not playing during game time. He's playing uh, between the whistles. And I just like there's it's just not a winning recipe. You know, it's like you can't bully this Vegas team. Like it's just not going to happen. It's so, something it's something that he'll figure out later in his career. It kind of shows his age. Like he's still in his early 20s. He'll learn. He might learn the hard way by losing this series, but he'll learn. Actually, yeah. So that actually goes back to a point I made in either the last podcast. I think it was the last podcast. The difference between these two teams is that Vegas has been here before and been to the conference finals two other times where like what did Calgary didn't make it past Edmonton last year, even though they had that gigantic lead. And then, you know, and, and now it's, and, and for Florida, it's their first time making it through like the first round in God knows how long, like they're just not ready yet. You know, they, they need to keep on doing this a few more times and, and really learn. And that's just why I don't think they really have a chance. No, I don't think they do either. And I'm not trying to be a downer and tell people not to watch the hockey game because, you know, hopefully we're wrong and it becomes a really competitive series. But it just, yeah, like Matthew Kachuk, like it it really does all kind of, he, he leads from the front. And we've talked about, like, Alan, you've talked about this a lot, how he's the guy. And, you know, what he does is what's going to drive everybody. And if he's going to run around and embarrass officials by doing stuff behind their back, then the other guys are going to do it. If he's going to buckle down, bear down, and play hard-nosed hockey, and it's the Stanley Cup Finals, cut the shit, that's what you should do, then that's what they'll do. But they're taking their cues from him, and it's all on him tonight. If he plays well and plays in between the lines, then the rest of the team will do the same, and it'll be a close hockey game. But if they do the same shit they've done in Vegas where they run around, this is going to be over in a hurry. That power play in Vegas is multifaceted. You don't know where it's going to come from. They move it around, and they share the puck. It's not coming from one guy. Like, I don't know. Alan, what are the keys tonight? If you are right, what are the keys to the game for the Florida Panthers to beat Vegas tonight and get back in this? Matthew Kachuk. It's as simple as that. He's either going to be showing up and he's going to have his head glued on. Old Walt's going to smack him around like he did there in January and called that team out. Or he's going to run around like a chicken again, running around with his head cut off, and uh, that's going to be it. It's so like that's what it boils down to, right? Because we talked about this in the, when they were up against Boston. Like Matthew Kachuk grabbed that team by the throat and dragged it into the fight. He came all- out. He said, "He said in that dressing room, he looked around. And he goes, guys, take a look around because we're coming back here for Game Seven. It's almost like uh, the title of this episode is less rap, more king, and that's what no. We-, we need we need the rat king. The rat yeah. king needs to show up." 
Let Paulie him cook. Let him cook. He's coming home to Miami, and he's going to cook himself up a whole big stew of Golden Knight tears. Okay, hold on. It's not Miami. That's like saying that, uh, you know, that Oshawa is Toronto. Okay? That's it like, is. That's like saying when you're from Surrey that you're from Vancouver, which is very frowned upon. Uh, it's Sunrise, Florida. You must hate us. You must hate us in Ontario because we just say Vancouver in that general area. Yeah. As somebody who used to live in Vancouver, I hated it. Now I'm a little loosey-goosey on it because I moved out of Vancouver. Well, yeah, the Surrey <laughs> people probably love it because like they're at the top of every like don't move here list. Yeah. Hey, I'm in fancy Surrey. You've been to my kind of Surrey. It's nice here. The ocean's out in the backyard. It's beautiful. Don't don't let me in with the rest of Surrey. But it's not Vancouver, Dave. It's not Vancouver. It's true. It's true. It's very true. It's very safe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love Vancouver, but the last time I was in Vancouver was a few days ago, and I'm pretty sure my son saw the, his first heroin injection live, and I'm not even making that up. That's true. Um, just a couple minutes to go. Uh, I know people have got things to do. We're recording earlier in the day. Dave, when you get off work tonight, what are you drinking? Well, uh, my wife went out... Sorry, yeah, I know. I'm going to try not to learn about the hockey game, see if I can watch it later tonight without knowing the score. Um, I will be drinking a Blackberry Blood Orange Sour, and my wife picked it up. It comes from the Small Gods Brewing Company, which is based out of Sydney, uh, which is not Victoria. <laughs> it's like on the way to the ferries uh, when you're trying to go to Vancouver. Um, and it's, it's good. There's like some vanilla, there's a little bit of lactose, but it's not like, I'm not usually a big lactose beer guy, but you don't notice it that much. And lactose in a sour. Yeah, I know, but it works. I, I, you know, I was a little bit, you know, I thought it was a gamble. Um, sometimes vanilla doesn't quite work for me, but, um, sometimes it really works for me. This beer is pretty good. Okay. Like I'd actually, I'd get it again sometime down the road and it's the, the blackberry blood orange sour by small gods brewing company. Oh, sounds delicious. Uh, I will also be imbibing a sour when I watch the hockey game uh, in a few minutes uh, from Ken Beauchamp's favorite brewery, Backcountry, Pride of Squamish, BC. I will be drinking the I'll Take You to the Candy Shop Peach Sour, which is a lovely, lovely beer. So uh, good. It's so delicious. I'm really looking forward to it. I got a four pack with my name on it in the fridge. Alan, what do you drink? Giving some more love to my folks at Granville Island this week. It's the blood orange sour, so we're all in the same vein, right? Like Ooh. Dave had uh, an orange and and something else sour, and Dave had a peach sour. But I've got this blood orange, and I'm not usually a big sour guy, but like this doesn't taste like your normal sours, where it like kicks you a little bit. Um, it it tastes more like kind of a lager with like a twist, and I like it. I could drink like. I could sit down and probably drink a whole case of these, to be honest with you. I might. I might tomorrow night. Who knows? It's Friday night. The weather's warm. The whole city is on fire. You might as well. Uh, yeah, it's funny enough, because this blood orange, when you pay, you pour it out into a glass, because I like to do that sometimes with my beers to see their color and whatever. Uh, it's a little golden hazy, which just happens to be what it's like when you wake up here in Ontario these days. Well, no sour grapes uh, for us and no sour grapes in the Just sour fruit. It's a sour fruit. And uh, let's hope that Matthew Kachuk is more Rat King and less Rat and we get a good game. Thanks for listening. Wherever you got us from, this is episode 94, Captain Canada, Ryan Smith edition of Off the Rush. Everybody, keep your sticks on the ice and let's hope for some rain.
because we certainly could use it. Night, everybody.